Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I watched Season 4, Episode 17, Best Laid Plans. As always, we'll start off with a synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow and Charming, haunted by what Maleficent said about their child having great capacity for good or evil, seek out a way to ensure their child's goodness. After learning from the apprentice that they need a vessel untouched by good or evil, Snow and Charming steal Maleficent's dragon egg. The apprentice, who is being controlled by the author, performs the spell to transfer the evil from Snow's womb into the egg, which is actually a baby, and banish it to another land. Snow and Charming must now live with what they've done, and for his interference and failure to record things as they are, the apprentice banishes the author to the book. Finally, we learn that the baby is actually Emma's childhood friend, Lily. In Storybrooke, Rumple, Cruella, and Maleficent discover that the author is trapped in the page and hunt down Henry to find it, who finds the key to open the door in the book at the sorcerer's mansion. Snow and Charming continue to race to keep the truth from Emma. Regina's subterfuge is discovered, and Snow and Charming finally tell the truth, enraging Emma. Despite her parents' objections, Emma releases the author, who promptly runs away. Roger, what do you think of this episode? This is a really good episode. A lot of stakes, a lot of tension. A lot of good drama. Like, I feel like sometimes you'll get episodes where, like, the, it's they're, like, making a big deal or something that's not that important. And you're like, I don't know. What, what Maleficent had happened to her was fucked up. Like, and, like, the Charmings actually having to do with the weight of this is, like, this is basically an unforgivable sin, so I can understand why they feel that way. Really, the only person I'm confused about is Emma in this entire episode. But other than that, everything seems to fit. Yeah, I like this episode, too. I think something that's interesting, because the I remember, especially the first time I watched this, I remember thinking, like, clearly Snow and Charming did something bad. Snow and Charming sent Maleficent's child away. But, like, they must have had a good reason. And then when you, like, learn what it actually is, they, they it did, it's almost like it was nothing. Because, like... They they moved the capacity for evil into the vest the vessel, which is the egg, from their child, but they still have to like raise their child in goodness to ensure that she's good, which is essentially what the state was anyway, because they were both blank slates. So they did all of this for nothing, and now they have to live with it. They shifted the odds, essentially. Yeah. But like it's still a gamble. Like I could have maybe bought this if it was a hundred percent guaranteed that your kid will be a hero and cannot go bad. But that's not what happened. Yeah. So you did some of the most horrific shit we have ever seen for a better lottery ticket? Yeah. Um, I think the information we learned about the author is really cool. Yes. Um, I was a little disappointed in the, like, Lily reveal. I feel like we should, I should have seen that coming the first time I watched this. I, I think it would have been more impactful if they had shown her to us earlier and more than once. I don't know. I, my problem with Lily is that my fundamental problem with this show is that I just don't give a fuck about Emma. And therefore, because they needed to make a connection from Emma and a person, it was going to be Lily. Like, you kind of knew this had to be Lily. Otherwise, why did you show me that girl? But it doesn't have the same hit because we've only seen her one time. She hasn't been a fundamental part of Emma's life. Yeah, they talked about her one time, but, like, not like a... It's the, it's the Ingrid problem. I didn't really know who this person was before this season. You know, like it had like Neil, right? We kind of knew that like there was something with Neil in the background with the kid, but like we've never heard this before, so it doesn't hit in the way that I wish it would have. Well, and also, what did what happened to Lily? Was she given simply the capacity for the most darkness, but could still be good? I think what you said earlier 
about that you she shifted the balance of like luck or fate. Yeah. Um because sorry, I'm trying to make sure that I don't say something that we haven't learned yet. So if you go back <laughs> to Frozen, Lily says bad things always keep happening yes. to me. So like um, it's almost like the Scarlet Witch thing where like she can change probabilities. What's strange though is that bad things keep happening to Emma too. Yep. So both of them kind of just got screwed. Like I don't know that there wasn't like a good bad balance. It's just both of their lives got fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Emma's life wasn't uh, you know, sunshine and roses or anything. She <laughs> Fox. I mean, I will say once like the difference is that, like we don't know if Lily as an adult got a better life. Which, yeah. Like, we know that like basically everything good just happens to Emma now without having to do shit. She just gets magic for free. She runs into a kid for free without she does anything. I think she wished on her twenty eighth birthday and that's what fixed it. I don't know. Yeah. But like maybe Lily's still having a shit life, so maybe things are finally shifted. But yeah, it it, it didn't work. Like whatever they were going for, this horrific sacrifice for a better. Like, you got one free number in the Powerball. Congrats. Something I did like, though, is that it felt very human. Like, the way that they rationalized throughout this entire episode. Both of them, back and forth, they take turns. Snow and Charming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the way that, like, when they realize that it's a baby and not, and you know, a dragon monster, which is a... I mean, it's kind of silly that they, like, assumed that it would be a dragon monster. But Charming was like... We didn't know. And like, we didn't know that they were going to banish it. And Snow's like, but that's, it's, we should have known. We should have asked. Why didn't we ask? Because we didn't want to know the answer. That's why we didn't ask. Well, more importantly, my problem with that is that instead of like seeming to have been weighed down by the guilt of this awful decision. Yeah. They just kind of come to this conclusion that like, well, I know we can get redemption. And then they kind of hand wave it off for the rest of the series, essentially. So I'm like. I mean, I like that they reference Heart of Darkness. That's a great, like, mm -hmm. touch that, like, you were evil long before you killed Korra. But they didn't, like, own it. And, well, and I think it would have been if we had heard this before. Because I, I do understand the, like, the uh, finding true redemption would be trying to help Maleficent with this problem that they have caused. Um, but, I, but I do understand that, like, guilt... I don't think that guilt is a useless emotion, but that's the thing, the thing that people say. Like, it, it doesn't... It doesn't actually help for them to, like, sit in guilt and then, like, create another monster because they, their parents have to, like, raise this child. So, like, I get it. Like, if we, we, we need to, like, be the heroes that we say that we are, and, like, that is a one form of redemption. It just doesn't help out Maleficent, which is, like, it's stupid to never think about it again. Like, they should think about it a lot, and they should try to do things to help her. So, like, fundamentally, our justice system has a rule that, like, punishments have, or crimes have consequences in the form of punishments. Guilt is not useless because it's part of the punishment for your fucking crime. What they did was fundamentally wrong. Well, yeah, I think the when people say guilt is a useless emotion, the, the point of it is, like, you feeling guilty doesn't do anything. Well, yes, but ideally, like, you feeling vengeful doesn't do anything. It is the actions that you yes, do Yes, exactly. Of. But if you don't feel guilty or you just ignore the guilt, you won't take the steps to deal with that yeah, guilt. exactly. And they didn't. I mean, they never did anything to rectify this situation. They didn't try. They didn't. I mean, they know people have left town. They could have very been like, hey, the moment we got out of server and got our members back, we got to like they could have went to gold on the side. And basically at the beginning of season two, like you're trying to leave. We need a favor from you. Instead of going to save Regina, Charmy's favor should have been used. Go find Lily. Well, and interestingly, I mean, I'm. Uh... 
I'm sure Maleficent has done a lot of horrific shit. Like, mm -hmm. not trying to say that she has not. 100%. She's evil. But also, like, what we have seen from Maleficent on screen and, like, what I think Snow and Charmy's experience with her, it's, like, yeah, she, like, burned some guards unnecessarily when they were, like, going on a trip, which, like, they kill guards all the time that, yep. like, work for Regina. And obviously, like, they work for Regina, but, like, do you think that they all want to work for Regina? Like, <laughs> like it, it, it's like they, like, they, like, don't, they're like, well, she's evil, so obviously her child is evil, and, like, anything we do to her is fine. Admittedly, that self-righteousness is part of Snow's character. Yes, Because totally. her mother was like that. I think the, you know, I said this when we were arguing about the whole, like, there's a difference between lying and murder, in my opinion. There are simply levels to, like, Maleficent has done terrible things. She curses Aurora because she's mad. So, like, she's done bad things to people's children. But I'm trying to think of what is more foul than kidnapping a baby, cursing it with darkness, and then sending it to another life. Like, that's maybe the worst thing we've seen on the show. It's it's true. And, like, uh, the... And you were okay with, not you, like, they were okay with it had it not been a human baby. Yeah. That's still fundamentally wrong. It's not like any better if it had been a dragon or if it had been in dragon form at that time. Also, like that baby didn't do anything. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> like the baby didn't like it, I guess I mean, yes, they have done this to Maleficent, but they like they did it to the baby. Yeah, it's I mean the Maleficent is going to feel pain. Yeah. But Maleficent is a complicated person who's both good and evil. Yeah. The baby has done nothing. Like the absolutely suffered. nothing. The, the the baby is quite literally a nothing. blank slate. Yep. It's a it's a blank vessel. It, it is a, it's an interesting choice for a hero to make. I will say, if there was one person who I think that weird choice benefits, it's Regina. Hmm. Clearly, you can do some fucked up shit and still get a happy ending. Like, that discussion is now closed. You can't tell me that you have to be perfect, because what they did is maybe worse than anything Regina has ever done in her life. Yeah. Well, and I guess that the episode also raises a question at the end. Yeah. Did they do it? Did they choose to do that? Mm. I don't believe that's the question they ask. I believe the sorcerer is the only one under control. I believe he may have manipulated them, telling them to go the there. Apprentice. The apprentice. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, the apprentice. I believe what this episode is telling us is that he was forced to help them against his will, not that he wrote Snow and Charming to have to do that. No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment, but I, uh, that was a surprise to me the first time I watched this, that because, like, you, while you were watching it, you were like, why is The Apprentice doing this? And I did remember that. I'm still not sure why, though, because if he had the power to banish him, why doesn't he have the power to just ignore him? I don't know. That's a good question. So it's, it's, that's unclear to me that, like, okay, you were able to acknowledge that you hated doing this and you were wrong. Like, why all of a sudden that couldn't he just wrote, don't touch me? Yeah. I mean, just that there's an inconsistency there that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the author just seems to sit there and go, well, it's a better story. Like, he doesn't even seem to be concerned with The Apprentice there. Yeah. They should be concerned about the author just being on the loose now. Well, they don't know whether the author is good or bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, him running yeah. is probably, a, but also considering the last thing you saw was, you know, people trapping you at part run too. It's true. All right. Well, you want to start in the Enchanted Forest? I mean, we are really. Yeah, yeah. We've Enchanted talked about forest. most of it, to be true, to be honest. Um, it, I like it's... the rationalization. Them going back and forth is fascinating. Well, and their like complete lack of questions. Like neither of these people are stupid. Snow and Charming are not stupid. No. And they consistently just like believe everything that they learn in this episode at face value. Like. 
they heard a legend that if you touch a unicorn's horn well, you'll be true sort of but like they just they don't know it they like snow literally says like it's a legend that if you do this you'll see the fate of your child they both see different fates of their child and they don't even like question that like that could be based on anything well also why isn't it like if they had both seen the same thing i would buy it yeah one got one thing one got the other it's simply telling you this is a potential fate that's yeah. a potential fate and they just go with snow's i mean yeah. like I understand, like, the fear, like, being like, well, what Charming saw was fine, so, like, we need to make sure that this thing that Snow saw doesn't happen, but they just, like, sort of accept that at face value. They don't even question that it could be both. And then, similarly, like, they run into a stranger on the road, and he, like, tells them to go into a scary infinite forest, and they do it. I think that's more normal than not. It's like how, you know... just nice? Well... We obviously the flashbacks are targeted specific stories, but like if you think about Charming and Snow's travels, they probably run into an obscene amount of strangers who are helpful because they're Prince Charming and Snow White. So like that's probably not abnormal for them. That's probably just an everyday occurrence. It's like how we always see the people who see magic. So we're like, well, everyone sees magic all the time. It's like probably not. It's just that when we jump into the story, we are seeing something that's unusual a hundred percent of the time. That's true. But then they go talk to the apprentice. And he tells them, you know, we're all blank slates when we're born and we all have the will to choose and we can choose to be good or evil. And like, there's this spell. <laughs> and if you find me a vessel that's a blank slate, which is a blank slate, literally just told you it has the will to choose to be good or evil. Like, then uh, we'll, I'll fix it for you. They ask no questions about what that's going to be like. Yeah, that, the, the <laughs> lack of like, but what does that mean for the blank slate is, but I also think the point, almost like Desperate Souls, they don't, Desperate Souls don't ask questions. Right. right. So like the reason Rumpel's deals work is that you don't ever think to ask what's this going to cost me. You're just like, I'm so desperate to get X. I don't yeah. care what happens down the road. What I don't understand fundamentally about Snow and Charming, why are they so convinced that they are incapable of simply raising a good child? I know. That is what is weird like at, at this point don't they know that they are literally the truest love of all true loves or something like that yeah you would think so like the author already tilted massively in your favor anyway like i've just i don't know the, the level of desperation is shocking i guess maybe finding out that they could have produced the greatest evil is what is terrifying to them well and especially i mean maybe they haven't had that conversation from episode one with rumpelstiltskin in the cell where he tells them that their child will be the savior and he that their child will save all of them from this curse that is They definitely haven't had that conversation. Okay. Because that's like basically right when the curse okay. is about to hit. So like I guess if you like work backwards, yeah. they would readily believe that because they're like, well, we have ensured our child's goodness, blah blah blah. But um I well and I mean I think the other problem that we're gonna bump up against in a in a little bit here. They didn't raise Emma. Nope, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Which okay, I understand their concern now because they both failed. Like it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. They're worried about their kid being evil, but it's their evil action yes. that ultimately led to their yes. kid not being raised and therefore being evil. And the capacity that you had for being evil is the same capacity she has. That's logical. What I don't understand though is that like. They just took the most, like, emergency-level action and went off the deep end over a probability change. Like, it's just it's yeah. very weird. It's not good. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. It, like b banishing the darkness, like that. I, I get the fear. Oh, oh, what I was thinking about is like, so I think about even like their relationship uh, with their family. Snow basically idolizes her mother and her father. Thought they were the purest yep. good hearts. Obviously, we learned that like Ava wasn't a saint. But like Leopold was a genuinely good man. We found that out. Like the worst he does is like he reads Regina's diary. Like, okay, in the overall scheme of things, compared to everyone else, he's basically an A. Charming's mother was a great woman. Charming's dad was a drunk. We have no idea if he's a good or a bad man. He just had his own demons. They don't like a, have a history of evil even in their family. James is the only one, and he was raised by George. Yeah. Which is like the point that like it is who you were raised by. What the fuck are you freaking out about? I don't know. I don't get. I don't get it at all. I don't, they're they're losing their minds, and the, some of the things they say are like so dark. We've seen what she's like in human and dragon form. Do you really think her dragon offspring will be any different? They literally just told you that dragon offspring is a blank slate. Yo. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you're thinking raised by Maleficent, okay. But, like, shouldn't they also be afraid? I mean, they didn't know that the egg was going to be banished. Shouldn't they also be afraid of what happens if they put this the greatest capacity for evil into the hands of a woman that they think is evil? That sounds bad. <laughs> well, I think they're arguing that that's inevitably anyway. Right, but I don't know. They're also arrogant. They would just assume. Yeah, they they're could very beat arrogant. It. Um, they also make no attempt at the end to stop it when the portal opens, which is not a very big portal. They let Corella and Ursula. Okay, fine. They're villains. You don't really care about them. You acted like you were big on saving this baby. Like, I almost wish that they had been one and one. I wish Charming had been the one to been like, nope. And he physically stops Snow and they just watch it. And now she's kind of pissed that he... Because they both just stand there and watch it happen. Which doesn't try to suck them in, by the way. I know. And I, he does say, like, I feel like they didn't know how to avoid this without saying, once we start the spell, we can't stop it. Um, but the I it seemed like... The spell was irreversible, but sending the baby through the portal was not. No, that's not like that was the sorcerer's yeah. choice or the uh, princess's choice because it was so much evil. Yeah. Also, am I to believe that this apprentice is good? I mean, I guess that he was forced, but like, first you made the deal with Ingrid back in 4A to send her through, and you know her plan was not good, but you just sent her to a land without magic. Now you sent the greatest capacity for evil to another land with no regard for that land. Are you good? I think similar. Well, I think if it's a land without magic, like I guess, like this this baby could turn into a serial killer or something. So like, evil does not require that's not magic. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I don't I I mean I don't think he would have done that if the author had not made him. But I I I think it's also like he's an apprentice of a sorcerer that we've never seen. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's kind of the he's he's not the the, the full monty <laughs> sure well what i'm really saying was whether it's him or the sorcerer pulling the strings yeah is, are you more wizard of oz and you're actually maybe uh not that good because the choices you're making don't seem to be clearly in the light there's there seems yeah. to be an era of gray here no i think that's i think that's fair um well and it's interesting in the scene with maleficent when they go into her lair to steal the egg Maleficent looks so soft 
when she like turns back into a person. Well, and Snow literally holds up the egg as like a ransom. Like everything about this scene was the worst that we've ever. And, and Melissa calls it out on it. Like you, would, what kind of a mom? Like say what you want. You even said like Melissa's done bad shit. I'm not sure she's ever threatened a child like that. Like Aurora's the closest, and she's a grown. She. We've even seen Maleficent try to work with Snow. She came to, to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she just Snow is like, no, you're evil. Which. Again, I'm actually okay with that because that's how her mother thought. Like, yeah. Snow is very much like Princess Ava. That makes sense. I'm a bit surprised that Charming is like that because he's never really shown that level of self-righteousness to that degree. Not, I don't, self-righteous isn't the phrase I would use, but he's pre usually pretty firm on like, why do we need to work with these people? They're bad. Correct. But that's the thing. It's just like a, it's, it, he's usually more like, I don't like you. I don't trust you. I don't have it. But it's like she's a mother as well. It, it makes way less sense for Snow to be willing to sacrifice a baby than Charming, who's like, okay, I can see him being more straightforward. Like, I just don't fucking care. Mm -hmm. But like, even the whole Regina thing, he's like, well, I don't have any good memories of Regina. So if I'm not concerned, she's the evil queen, fuck her. And mm -hmm. uh, let's take her out. Whereas like, Snow's usually the one who's more like, well, I remember kind of good Regina. And it's, mm -hmm. so it's like, this is such a, a strange inverse. Where like, yeah. now all of a sudden she's decided that this is the worst thing known to man and we will never... Like, Snow want, does, is not willing to execute Regina in the past. Charming's like, she's got to die. That's how their yeah. characters have been. And then mm -hmm. Miss, it's like a, a weird flip. Now she's her mother. And Charming's like, all right, well, do what we got to do. Yeah. Well, and they've just convinced themselves that it's not a child. Like, yeah, you were starting to say Maleficent says, what kind of people are you threatening a child? And Snow says, this isn't a child. It'll become a monster just like you. And Maleficent says, and what are you? And I don't know if they, like, truly just believe that they're not monsters because... Yes. Yeah. I... So it's interesting if you think about, like, the scene with... Going back to season two, when when Snow kind of comes to the realization that it is time to kill Korra, I kind of now see why Charming was like, you can't do this. Mm. Like, I think it was more so like, I always took it as don't do this because it's going to poison your heart. I think it was more so that like, you can't handle what needs to be done here because we did this in the past and it kind of broke you for yeah. a bit. Whereas like, Charming is more of like the cold soldier in that regard mm -hmm. where he's willing to do what needs to be done. That's not Snow. Like, that, that just isn't who she is. She wants to give people second chances. But here she made a choice where, like, this baby is a monster. You don't even get a first chance. Fuck you. Be gone. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know. It, it's an odd uh, framing of these two in this half season. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like some of the things that they said in that later scene when they're, like, kind of talking about their guilt. But... And I, if they had followed through on it and tried to do something about it later, because I, Charming says, yes, I have to believe that we can earn forgiveness, a chance at grace, but to get there, we have to be the best people we can. Fair. Like, that's true. I don't like that at all. I don't agree with any of that. You don't agree with that. I don't agree with any, I 100% completely disagree with that. That feels like one of those things where it's like, I'm going to earn forgiveness for a terrible thing I did by just doing a bunch of good deeds. That's not how it works. Like, you don't get to even the scales. Because you did something terrible and now you're just going to do a bunch of good things. Like, what you did, like, Maleficent pain isn't going away no matter how many other people you help. Like, I think almost there's an argument to be made. You are forever a villain when you do that. I think, I mean, I guess, based on their actions following this, I think that you're correct. But, to, like, those words to me mean 
we have to try to be good people and then we can help her. Like if we just sit here and wallow in our guilt, we are not going to do anything helpful for anyone. Which would be true if they even implied a level of we will help fix this. It is never, never implied in any way, shape, or form throughout this episode, this season, that they are trying to fix the problem. They're trying to cover up the problem. Yeah. They're not even sorry that they did it. They're sorry they got caught. Yeah. That's the problem I have with this. Like, Rumpel fucked up and he let Bay go. He didn't try to cover it up. He said, I made a mistake immediately and tried to fix it. Regina, over time, learned that she made a mistake. She's not trying to hide what she did. She's trying to fix what she did. Yeah. These two aren't even taking responsibility. They're just like... Well, as long as no one ever finds out, we're golden. Yeah, and that's all they do in Storybook is try to make sure that nobody finds out. And they finally get there. They, like, finally realize that they, like, can't. Uh, lying to Henry was, like, a step too far for Snow, I think. Um, I think she realized that the by trying to prevent Emma from finding out what they did, they were then having to lie to Henry and, like, Im impacting his his goodness like they like they i think they're worried about they're they're clearly worried about emma learning about this and then going dark which is an interesting choice like if they had just told her from the beginning what happened i think that would have not even have been a concern and now they're like if snow no, is i think it would have been i think we're in the same spot we're at i don't know i think that she feels extra upset because she asked them several times if they were lying i know that we talked about lying is the worst crime anyone can ever commit to you and other crazy people like yourself. But as we have kind of seen in the past, Emma gets outrageously mad at them. Yeah. Think 3A, right? Like she's infuriated that Henry got kidnapped and somehow blames him. I cannot imagine a scenario in which Emma would be able to not be mad at them after what I can barely not be mad at them. <laughs> it's just what they did is unfair. They weren't wrong that like the moment they reveal this, she's always going to look at them as monsters. And I'm not sure that's the wrong take. What you did is monstrous. I don't... I think that they're... I mean, I don't know. It's interesting that lying is not a concern to you. I, I think that she'd it's not still be mad at them. But I think that she would be less mad if they'd come to her for help. And also ask the right question, which is, we did this terrible thing. We would like to fix it. But that... <laughs> you're in you're adding that piece. no i That's know that i'm adding that piece but they i i think that emma even if they'd said we did this terrible thing yeah if emma if emma probably would have said we need to fix that and then they would have said okay <laughs> mm, maybe i think also like considering that she was abandoned by them mm -hmm. the fact that they would have done this to two children probably isn't going to evoke That's, some good memories it's fair that's fair though i will say it is kind of funny that Emma, of all people, is infuriated with her parents lying to her about something that happened in the past because she did the same thing to Henry, I think, on two separate occasions, including trying to keep his memories from him in 3B. You are just like your parents, which maybe is what the parents are worried about. Yeah. You've both done the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, also, it isn't that lying isn't bad. It's that it's just not as bad as taking someone's baby and sending it to another world. There's fucking levels to this shit. <laughs> Do you think Maleficent would be just as angry if they lied to them as opposed to taking her baby and kidnapping? No. We can acknowledge there's a difference in crimes here. Like, one is worse than the other one. I know that not all people feel this way. Lying is just as bad as genocide. It, that's You're also, like, oversimplifying the argument here. The argument is stupid. That's why I'm oversimplifying it. <laughs> <laughs> Having someone you know and care about lie to you is a lot bigger of a deal than... Murder you. Yeah, sure. Or... 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised nor upset if I, a villain, Maleficent, was lied to by people who I know hate me. Like, that would be normal to me. If someone I know and cared about lied to me, I'd be way more upset about it. Sure. That's that's a reasonable comparison. (laughs) But you, as a villain, Maleficent, would be more angry at someone killing your baby or trying to kill your baby than anyone lying to you. There is no person that should be able to lie to you that that is worse than. That's fair. I also think it's reasonable to say that anyone lying to me is not nearly as bad as anyone trying to kill me. One is just fundamentally worse. All right. Uh, Do you have anything else from the Enchanted Forest? Kirill and Ursula don't play a big part here, but it was nice to figure out why they got sent into the past, because we thought maybe Regina did. Yeah, it was unclear. I'm They don't age, apparently. I mean, I guess they're both witches, but they're... There's no magic. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't feel like they were bumbling for the most part in the season. In this episode, they are bumbling. I... It's almost even... In this flashback, I should say. In the flashback, yeah. they are just yeah. straight bumbling. It seems that the situation here is that Maleficent was like, yo, I'm going to lay an egg and, like, hibernate around it to keep it warm. Can you two guard me? And it's like, I'm sorry. You want these two bumbling idiots to guard you, the dragon? What? I, but they haven't shown to be bumbling, really. And, like, in top, like, in, like, I think Snow White basically does a... Like, they're, like, guard. I mean, it's just... These, these are supposed to be the villains of the season, and you just showed that you can just knock them out with a quick Especially little... both of them. Yeah. Like, to get one of them by surprise, sure, sure but I, yeah. Or overwhelming force, or spec, but, like, it was just like a... I don't know. Not the best portrayal of these two here. Uh-uh. Not at all. Also, to your point, Maleficent, you really need some firepower. You don't just have those two. Like, you gotta... Also, like, you are a dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe laying a baby egg takes a lot out of you, so, like, you just have to rest. I don't know. I've never given birth, obviously. Also, I mean, I don't know if what the author said is what actually happened, but it sounds like Maleficent scorched a bunch of Earth to mark her territory to tell everyone where she was going to be. But that actually does seem like what it, I mean, you think about... I know you don't think like this, but... Like a dragon? No, I don't think like a dragon. No. <laughs> like a person with aggression mm. often like it's a very common thing with men you mark your territory to make a point that like don't cross me mobsters will do this criminals will do this right like that's the whole point of like graffiti and tagging you mark that this is my area there's consequences for coming into this area that's essentially what maleficent is doing i guess wouldn't it be better to just be somewhere where no one knows where you are i can't explain this i cloak and dagger is one that like everyone knows where the dark castle is Everyone knows not to fuck with Rumple. Yeah. Some people do, and then they get their skin peeled off like Robin Hood does. Like I think it's just like a when you're a villain and you have a lot of power, it's very easy to flex and say, don't fuck with me. I don't know. If that's really what you mean, then why do you have to post pound puppy and fish sticks outside? <laughs> I mean, it also could have been like, they're not out there to guard from like, actual attackers but like you just don't want like some random bell wandering in there or an animal wandering in right like how annoying would that be if like a wolf went wandered in there and like stole your egg? in here yeah <laughs> oh free egg oh, have an omelet like you just just it, you know like actually because there's so many animals in the forest corella is actually perfect something comes in you don't like be gone yeah that's so true. yeah good flashback overall like 
I think this flashback was very good, told a good story. I just wish we got more depth from Snow and Charming here. Yeah. And I I think they try to add the depth on the Storybrooke side, but it feels backwards. Because well, I feel like they're like learning something on the Storybrooke side. Yes. And they it's hard to imagine the things that they did without any I need more. Had they at least even gone the route that you've gone a bunch of times, it's like, we know what we did is wrong. Once we get through this crisis, we will undo the wrong that we have done. So they at least, like, acknowledge what they did is wrong. They owe her. We're going to fix it. But they don't even, like, go there. They just basically accept it as, like, they do the thing that you actually talk about um, where you, you always say, like, well, it's not always the only way to do it. Charming rationalizes in this episode. He's like, well, we don't know. This is the only way you can get the happy ending. It's like, where did that come from? This is the only way you determine that. Uh, it, yeah. Well, and that they, I mean, I think that sending the evil or the probability of evil, I don't know, maybe that's bullshit and it doesn't matter. Um, but I think that's like bad enough, like stealing someone's baby to do that bad. But the fact that it was then sent away is horrific. Yeah. And they actually, I mean, obviously traveling between realms is impossible. 1,000 magic beans. They don't even, like, try. Nope. They don't even try or, like, think about how to fix that. Or to find out what happened. Like, they didn't ask where it went. Like, they didn't They didn't ask anything. They just left. No, in fact, they don't even seem concerned with the consequences to, like, what if that went to Arendelle? Right. Or uh, what Wonderland. Or, like, somebody could be... Or the void and it just dies because there's nothing there to take care of it. Yep. <laughs> just, you know... They just put a baby, I mean, I guess it won't be the first time they put a baby through a random portal and it goes, but yeah, it it was uh, not a good look for the Charming. What do you think happens? So, I, something that I'm really stuck on, so Cruella and Ursula go through, mm -hmm. and clearly Lily, the baby, ends up with a family. Mm -hmm. Did Cruella and Ursula do that? Like, did they deliver the baby? I think so. Why didn't they tell Maleficent? Tell Maleficent. Maleficent had no idea her child was even alive. Because, one, Corella's cruel. Um, two, just because you delivered the baby 30 years ago doesn't mean you know what's She happened. didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, they didn't They didn't even tell her, like, the baby made it. Yeah. Uh, it's also possible they didn't land it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they, but I don't know how portals work. Yeah, yeah. that's like, true. For all we know, Ursula and Corella didn't even land in the same spot. That's true. So maybe Crow landed in somewhere and then Ursula landed somewhere else and the baby... I mean, I don't, I don't really know how portals work. But when Snow and Emma went through, they landed in the exact same spot. So I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, who knows like where they landed, but they ended up... They both ended up in New York. Somewhere. Eventually. Um, mm, we don't know that Crow's in New York. We know yeah, she's in Long Island. Oh, she's in Long Island. Yeah. Okay. That's what they say uh, when they go get her. I mean, that's maybe not where they started. Yeah. But I think Lily was in the Midwest. In Michigan or Minnesota. Wisconsin? Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those three places are different. And I I'd like to apologize for my co-host's inability to recognize the differences in the flyover states. Her terms, not mine. I acknowledge I've that... never said flyover state. You have implied it by not being able to tell the difference between Milwaukee and Minnesota and pretty much all of the middle states. You just yeah. we even did a test over Christmas and every one of the ones you couldn't remember were those concentrated states. That's fair. Yeah. Fair. Um yeah. Okay. 
Storybrooke. So I have it separated in three different plots. I have Operation Mongoose as one. I have Gold and the Queens as another one, though that's very much tied to Operation Mongoose. And then the Charming, Charmings and Hook, because their plan is kind of like connected, but they have a different agenda, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. Because like, so I guess I separated by Operation Mongoose is find the author, get the happy endings. Charming and Hooks, you know, the hook is really not part of this. Charmings are cover up our secret. Uh-huh. And then Golden and Queens just find the author, change the happy ending. So it's like they have three different agendas. Oh, yep. I get it. I get it. Okay. So, and August is part of... I would put August as part of Operation Mongoose. Okay. Because he's pretty much knocked out, but he's kind of working with uh, Emma and Regina. Oh, fun fact. In the pilot initially for the script, Emma's name was going to be Anna. Really? Yeah, it's going to be Anna Swan. Anna Swan. That sounds funny, but I'm not sure why. <sighs> Wouldn't have really worked for uh, if you were going to do a Frozen season. Anna also is... I, I Names like Anna or like Andrea... I'm like, is it Andrea or Andrea? Is it Anna or Anna? I just have a really hard time with that. Hmm. Hmm. Or Andrea. I don't, know. I don't ever think about that. I do. I go by Roger. Cave. Cave. Uh, what do you want to start of our agendas? You pick. Okay, let's stay with the Charmings. Okay. Since that's a natural segue. So I like that Hook smartly tells, hey, Gold's plan is fucked up. We're going to turn Emma Dark, which, of course, makes the Charmings freak the fuck out. Yeah. I don't understand why, Ed, like, we've hit the point of no return. You need to just start, like, Charming. You of all people. You went through this in 3A, man. The secrets always get out. Just go. It's time to be like, hey, look, this is a big deal. You can turn dark. We did a bad thing at the... Nope, we're going we're gonna to keep, keep doing it. Layers on top of layers on top of layers. So, like, this kind of lie is a little bit different because it's, like, a lie on a lie on a lie on a lie on a lie. God damn! Stop lying. It's just not, you're not good at it. Yeah, it's interesting that Hook is still um, using Snow and Charming as like a litmus test for how to share information with Emma, which isn't unreasonable. It's not, but I he knows Emma very well at this point. Like in Neverland, it made a lot of sense for him to do that because he, she's, I mean, she's very closed off. He didn't know how to communicate with her and like to be like, hey, I don't know her. You do. Can you like help me out with this? Um, like, I don't think he was like intending not to tell her. Like, yeah. I don't think he was like lying or anything. I think he was just sort of trying to be like, how should we approach this? But I think that like he might know better how to approach it than they do in this instance. Yeah. You might be correct, though. He doesn't have any reason to suspect that because he no, doesn't think true. they're lying. And he's always kind of used. They've always kind of done it as like yeah. a family. Um and I think the other interesting part, too, is that, like, he doesn't exactly know how she feels about him. Yeah. Like, truth be told, we, we as the viewer don't know. He just discovered that she just realized that he sees her as his happy ending. And it's like, duh. Yeah. So I can kind of understand why he's like, maybe let's have the charming here because, like, I just told her I love her. And she's just like, I'm your happy ending. And everyone's like, yeah, bro. Like, we've. We've kind of known this for two seasons now. I think save up the Jolly Roger for you. That's true. Something that's really interesting to me, which is not unreasonable considering the arrogance of Snow and Charming, Emma just thinks it is an impossibility that she could do anything dark. 
Yeah, which is weird. I, especially, it, it's even it's weird in general that she feels that. And Hook tries to warn her, like, but darkness is a funny thing. It, yeah. it can creep up on you. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, don't even worry about it. And then even after she learns that the two people that she holds as paragons of heroism did a bad thing, she's like, I'm not worried about it. Are you? I guess she sort of believes in like what they did like yeah. they they fixed me so that i'm not bad uh but clearly if rumple thinks that he can turn her bad they should be concerned like they all should be concerned so why does he think she's not capable of bad things i don't know i don't like know. have we never seen her do a bad thing ever i mean she lied to henry Based on your scale of lying being the worst thing one can do, that's really fucking bad. No, that I mean that was really bad, and the, I think that especially the when you could, when you put Regina into that equation, it's really really bad. Well, in two separate occasions. So there's the first one where she lies about the dad, and Regina had been lying, so you knew he had been being gaslit. Yeah. But then the second time when she decides she wants to leave, and she's going to take Henry without his memories, and it, that's fucked up. Like yeah. maybe she doesn't believe it's bad. But we we know at the very least she has the capacity, and I'm pretty sure we know she has the capacity to be willing to kill. Because after Neil dies, she's like, I want to take that. She mm -hmm. wants to kill Zelina. So it's like we've already seen that you at least have the willingness to cross that line. Yeah. I mean, like, we've certainly never seen Emma steal someone's baby and, like, put it through a portal. <laughs> we've never seen that happen. <laughs> In fairness, we've only seen that happen one time it's, ever. It's, it's true. It's true. Um, and we've, like, never seen Emma, like, try to murder an innocent or anything no, like that. No, But um, But it never starts that way either. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it certainly does not. Um, so, I don't know. Like, family arrogance is definitely, definitely in there. Well, and like an unreasonable amount of arrogance, like reasonably speaking, one has to be aware of the fact that we all have the capacity to do good and bad things. Like, unless we think that our story is just 100% written by someone else, you know, you can do bad shit. Yeah. Well, and something else that I think maybe we'll explore this and that would be kind of interesting. But remember how upset Emma was when she found out that Rumpelstiltskin like made her the savior? Like, she, she felt like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, I'm just fated. Predestination. Yeah. And she she even says to Hook when he's, like, worrying about her, like, darkness is a funny thing. She says, no one, not Rumpelstiltskin or some author, gets to decide who I am. And that's we, a callback to that. I know. Yeah. But then, like, after she finds out that that's, like, maybe that's partially why she's so upset. Because she's like, well, now I'm just this person that has no free will. I, like, maybe we'll explore that. And that would be kind of interesting to me. Um, unlikely. <laughs> it is unlikely that we will explore that. That is true. Um, so you you think that her frustration is that she lost her. Uh, I, I do not think that is her only frustration. I think that could be a frustration. frustration. Okay, I think sure. she is mad at her parents. <laughs> I think she lost her belief in, like, true love, heroism. Which, I, I, said, I think I said this point in the first episode, like, on the edge of darkness. I would buy this more from Henry. Mm. A child's belief in one's parents, or even grandparents, makes a little bit more sense to me when they're shaping their worldview than someone who's more of, like, a hardened, closed-off, 30-year-old yeah. bounty hunter at some... It's just like, really? Like... You, we like not, we're like a half a season or a season away from you wanting to leave because you run all the time. Like this is not the foundation that you were making it sound like. Yeah. Uh, so also just I I 
like her eyes this entire episode they basically made it look like she hasn't slept and she's obviously been freaking out and you know but i don't know i don't i don't love where they're going with that i do really well okay i think the sweater is actually really ugly or the jacket or whatever the fuck that is that she's wearing that but she does look really good in that color what color is that it's red yeah you're colorblind it's red you it is it red, is red. <laughs> but listeners she thinks the red in this episode at the end is the same color as the jacket i'm sorry as the dress from the pilot go back and watch the pilot and tell me if you think that's the, the same, same color, color. It is if you're it's okay to be except that you're colorblind. Except that who you are. I'm not mad at you for it. It's fine. The you you are. Are these the same color? No. The your bottle is purple and the tablecloth is. We're gonna take you to an eye doctor. I just want to see what levels of color you can't see. I don't know if you go to an eye doctor to test your colorblindness. Well who what doctor do you go to? I don't know. The it's your doctor. eyes, like the I think... internet doctor. Mm. WebMD never. WebMD. All right. Uh, they then bring up Heart of Darkness. Thank God. Thank God that they finally talked about that again. Yeah. And she admits, rightfully so, that like this started long before I killed Cora. Yeah. When when Regina showed me my heart after Cora, after I killed Cora, which I think was an interest. She like. I mean, she did kill Cora. I know, but she phrased it as like after Cora, like she wasn't gonna say what it actually was, mm. and then she kind of like corrects herself and says, "After I killed Cora," and Regina thought it was because I killed Cora, but the truth is, the darkness started long ago. Heroes do what's right, not what's easy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, charming is like really hardcore rationalizing in that scene. That was charming's turn to rationalize. Yeah. So that <laughs> So this, this to me is more like their dynamic. Charming being the more cold, do what needs to be done, think kind of like a soldier, and Snow White being the more like, well, no, this is just wrong. It, it's like when Neverland, she, he was about to fillet the bitch, and she's like, we don't do that. Yeah. So like, this fits their dynamic a little bit more. But she was okay with the line all the way up until we got to the point with Henry. That seemed to be the breaking point. I think she realized, because she says, and if we're not careful, they want to turn Emma dark. And if we're not careful, we're going to help them. Like, I think she's realizing that the lies are going to make it worse. You know what is a fascinating thing that I don't understand that they never bring up here? There's a third person that they're not even talking about in this entire situation. Baby Neil. Mm. He's not discussed. He's not mentioned. That should be one of you, like, well, wait a second. Could we be fucking up our new kid, too? Yeah. They just don't even... That actually would be an excellent tie-in. Yep. Like, we have to be good people yep. so that we can raise our son to be a good person. But it's not discussed at all. No, it's not. You're right. I sometimes feel like because Neil is not the savior, we just kind of, like, ignore Neil. Yep. And it's like, but he's still the product of true love. Like, he actually could have magic. Like, he could be a lot of things. Like, maybe he's not the savior of Regina's curse, but that doesn't mean that he's not powerful in some way or has great capacity for good and evil. <laughs> there are a lot of things in this show that are ignored in favor of the savior. Mm. Neil is one of those casualties, unfortunately. Both baby and adult. <laughs> baby Neil. I know we haven't even... We haven't talked about it. Where's your baby? Probably not going through a portal. It's true. I don't know, though. They lost their last two, so maybe baby Neil is destined for a portal ride. I also really liked in that conversation when Snow brings up, like, and what about Regina? She's finally becoming a friend. And I went to her for help 
about Emma, and she helped us. Yeah, I think it was didn't interesting. didn't say anything. They were okay with screwing over Regina to cover up their secret. Yeah, I mean, Snow Snow brings it up, and then Charming goes down his rationalization oh. hole that Snow very quickly buys into. Like, this isn't the only way we can help her. Like, uh-huh. But that, so, like, that's the part that's interesting to me, is that like, they basically, like, fuck Regina. Our cover-up is more important than Regina's potential happy ending. Yeah. And, you know, like, telling her daughter the truth and making sure that Henry's faith is rewarded. Like, they were willing to burn that all the way just to keep, like, this is kind of like the flaw in chasing, like, the image of who you are as opposed to, like, just accept that you fucked up in the past. Yeah. And I do, I mean, I, I agree with Charming that, like, this might not be the only way. Right. And especially, like, we should be a little concerned that there's, like, now a race to find the author and, like... The author's disposition will really uh, determine who who wins here. <laughs> um, and we don't know anything about him. <laughs> Another thing that I don't understand about these two. So Regina and Snow have had a many a conversations about Regina feeling like she just is destined and fated to never get a happy ending. They even talk about that. If you are Snow White, and I understand that you just didn't want to think about this. But if there's one thing that could have comforted Regina more than anything, is that like, well, I've got my happy ending and I've done some fucked up shit. Even if you don't have to say what it was, just point out that like, I have done something worse than you've ever done before and I got my happy ending. It doesn't mean the door's closed on you. Especially when you consider back to the um, I owe someone a quarter episode. Because Snow does bring something up. She's like, I cheated too. Like, which is true. And, like, that was that was also exactly what Regina was talking to her about, was cheating. But she makes it sound like that's the... Core. I know. <laughs> and that's, that's the worst thing I've ever done. She should... Be part of that. Yeah, like, like... No. Like, look, is cheating good? No. Is cheating worse than what they just did? Fuck no. Regina knows what they did, because yeah. she told them. But I'm saying before then, like, even just alluding to the yeah. fact that, like, yeah, you've done some heinous things. Hell, you killed my father. But you can still overcome that. Yeah. Um, and then they make Henry give them the key and the page. Yeah, the look on his face when David orders him to is one of the better, like, scenes that they've done. Because without saying anything, you can see Henry just disappointed. He's like, I know you're lying to me. It actually reminds me of that scene in 3B when, um, Henry doesn't have his memories and he like asks Emma something, and when Emma yells at him, and Emma yells at him, mm-hmm. and he- later Snow is like, "You yelled at Henry. That's not like you." And I think that she saw that, like she was like, "Oh, you yelled at Henry, charming, and that is not like you." Uh, and I, I, th- I think that's part of it's not just like lying to enter Henry is making them feel bad. It's like they're acting towards Henry in a way that they don't like. They're doing what Regina did to him. Yeah. And none of them agreed with that. I can't believe that he listened. I can. Because he trusts them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're heroes. The Charmings wouldn't lie to him. Mm-hmm. Even though he knows something is wrong, he, like, fund- and I think that's the part that Snow finally realizes that, like, people fundamentally trust us because of who we've been and pretended to be. We're not trading on that to do something nefarious so that we can keep that trust. Yeah. Um, all right. And then they tell Emma, and she's wooden. <laughs> she's mad. She's wooden. Angry pouty face. I don't know if it was pouty. There was no pouting. Her eyes were pouty. Her her face was dead. She had dead face, which maybe is how she feels. 
Um, but that's not the right, in my opinion, that's just not the right react. Like, I wanted explosive reaction. I wanted deep sadness, deep anger, something, something more than just, yeah, just dead face. Like, I, 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 okay, I know you're mad. Like, she acts kind of the way that, like, honestly, I almost wanted her to act like a teenager. Just be irrational and angry and pissed and, and knock some shit over. Something, yeah. Just be like, how could you lie to me? And blah, blah, blah. Like, instead, we just get like, nothing yeah i mean but again as i've said many a times i understand why they don't write these things for her because I, I think that's all you're gonna ever get is dead dead face um but they sent hook yeah they sent hook who's going through a little bit of his own like i'm maybe jealous of this stubbly man that you seem to like <laughs> his own middle school moment I, I don't think i think they try to make him sound more crazy than it is you think they try to make him sound more They make Hook seem jealous and like, oh, well, he should have no reason to be jealous. And I'm like, but why shouldn't he? Like, again, we don't, we don't know how she feels about him. Like, she's always kind of played this cat and mouse game. August is basically right in her type. Like, we know Neil and we know Hook. Dark-haired, stubbly men. And August is a dark-haired, stubbly man with a leather jacket who rides a motorcycle. I mean, I mean... Yeah, logically, one would be concerned. Yeah, I well, I actually kind of appreciate like his response in this episode because he's he's like a I, I would not say he's like jealous with rage. No. He's just a little like, who's this dude? What does he mean to you? It's clear he's clearly important, and he doesn't like do anything bad because of that. Like he still tells her when he wakes up. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't. He's clearly bothered. Yeah, he's just a little like I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> I will say this too: if you're Hook and you've seen a very limited amount of emotion come out of Emma, and all of a sudden this other person is in despair, and now all of a sudden she is deeply concerned and immediately rushes, you'd be like, "Huh? So it is possible to evoke that type of emotion from you, and he did it, but why?" Do I never get that? Or because like the only time he gets that is when he's like knocked out cold because of Zelita. Or if he's like, he doesn't, I don't know that we've seen that like a deep interaction between them where he would be like, oh yeah, I know, I know. Like he even says to Henry, together? She used that word together? Well, and it's interesting because they, I, I've said this before and it, it's evident in this episode, they're very physical. Like she, like anytime she's upset, she like goes to him for comfort, but only physically. Yep. Um... I could not fundamentally tell you what Emma feels about Hook. I don't think Hook could. I don't think anyone can. Whereas I know how Snow and Charming feel. I know yeah. how Robin and Regina well, feel. Hook and Emma are way more physical than Snow and Charming are. Yeah. Like, and I don't, like, I... Mm, I don't know about way more. Like, Snow and Charming, like, that last scene, he is very much holding her hand to comfort her. and So, like, they have a level of physical, but it's different. They're already, like... Well, they also talk about things, so... Yeah, they have real conversations. Yeah. Um honestly even like i know exactly how rumple feels about bell i know exactly how bell feels about rumple mm -hmm. it's only these two where like i have no idea how emma feels about hook i know she likes him i don't know what the depth of that is i don't know what he means to her yeah well and even some things that we've heard her say he didn't hear mm -hmm. like when um when he goes off to do something with ursula and snow and charming are worried like oh, what like what's he gonna do and emma's like relax like that's not hook anymore mm -hmm. like she has a faith in him mm -hmm. that he didn't get to hear 
or even like, you know, we thought, I thought after Snowdrifts that like when he showed that he sacrificed the Roger for her, she was like, oh, sweet. And then the next episode, she's like, well, be patient. Like, well, bitch, he's been patient for a year, <laughs> two years. He just gave him the most prized possession of his life. And I know you said they threaded their hands in that one episode, but then. That they what? Threaded their hands together at the end oh, of yeah. some episode and they went on some date, but it never really progressed after that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean, they're just in this bizarre limbo. And I guess part of that is the um, Emma struggles to live her life in between battle to battle to battle to battle. But everyone else seems to be living their life in between battle and battle and battle. Mm-hmm. Um, any other pieces of this line that you want to discuss? I feel like the Henry thing needs to be discussed with Emma at some point. The Henry thing with Emma. Like, at some point, we need to acknowledge that, yes, you may be mad about your parents lying, but acknowledge that, as I've said many times with him, he has forgiven you on multiple occasions for lying to him. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing I said with the whole, yeah, it must suck to have been given up for adoption and failed abandon. Your son didn't hold that against you. I think you can give them a little bit. If you want to be mad at them for what they did, totally fine. What they did is horrific. The them lying to you part about it, like, you've done that as a parent. You know what that is. Like, let them apologize. Deal with your anger, but, like, get the fuck over it at some point. Well, and also similarly, like, to what I was saying about the guilt, like, her being mad about them lying, like, fix it. Yeah. Like, fix it. Like, that's that's what you should do. Yeah, you fix the problem. Fix it. Well, especially, uh, uh, it seems to me that the only things that, that Maleficent wants out of this situation, like, with the author, is her child. If they can give that to her, I don't think she'll help Rumpel anymore. Well, that's her happy ending. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and I, like, Rumpel is really oh. powerful, and I think that he probably could fight all of them, including Regina, but it would be hard without Maleficent. Maybe, but the problem with giving her Lily is that that also gives Rumpel leverage. Gives him leverage. If you think like, Rumpel's not willing to hurt Lily to get what he wants, you don't know Rumpel at this nope, point. No, that's true. So bringing her into town, it's like, realistically, if he captured Henry and Lily, who can stop him? Well, maybe he doesn't have to. Or he doesn't have to bring her into town. Maleficent could just leave. It's true. But you have <laughs> no, But he could also go find her and bring her into town. I mean, we know he can get in and out now, I think, with the scroll. Only if he has the scroll. Which he's the last one to have had it. You think he's stupid enough to give that up? I can't believe they let Ursula I mean, you know, trust is a funny thing. You can't be halfway. You either trust someone or you don't. And if you were willing to let them in and you think they're changed, then you kind of got to give it to them. I wouldn't necessarily do that because I wouldn't trust them. But Well, and it's not even necessary. I mean, I understand that it's like a sign of trust, but also to be like, hey, we like need that because we need to like go do this thing or whatever. <laughs> it belongs to us. We are the mayor. Also, we are the mayor. <laughs> We are one. Quiet minds. Okay, do you want to go to Operation Mongoose or Golden Queens? Operation Mongoose, I guess? You said that with a question. Yeah, I think I, like, I just didn't separate my notes in the same way that you did, okay. so I'm... How did you separate your notes? Chronologically. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, you start and I will follow. <laughs> okay. So, in the Operation Mongoose portion of the storybook section... Um, August, uh, I wasn't sure what was happening to August. He passed out because of all the transformation? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I think it makes sense, like, the fairies say, like, his body's been through a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I just didn't know, I, like, when I say I didn't understand, not why he, I just didn't understand what was happening. Oh, yeah, I think he was, like, in a coma, sort of. Okay, because, like, is it that his body is changing to wood? Is his body just reacting poorly to going back from a boy to wood to being mixed in between? I think the latter. Okay. So it's just, his body is just shocked, essentially. Yeah. 
Um, which I think is like that's totally logical. Rumple fucked him up, but also shows that like there's a consequence to being tortured. That's reasonable. Yeah. Well, then, in your, I mean, imagine your mind having to deal with like the elasticity of that. Like you're, I mean, you're, 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 you're a boy, you're a man. Rumple and Neil going back and forth yeah. fucked Rumple up yep. real bad. Um their their plan. I like that Regina initially goes, yeah, it's gold. A forgery ain't gonna trick him. Smart call initially. You were right. That was never going to trick him. Then I guess she got desperate at some point and decided, let's just go with the forgery now. I mean, yes, I think she was worried that they were going to hurt Henry. But it's and Henry would not have given up the page. It's Cruella and Ursa <laughs> or and Maleficent. Oh, Maleficent! You take out Cruella. It, I mean, she's beaten Maleficent before. That's true. At the very least, it's a one-on-one shot. But Maleficent doesn't have a tiny black unicorn to. To protect. I guess you now have the tiny black unicorn. Yes. Poof your asses away. <laughs> poof me. Poof. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, okay. And then also, like, fine, you got the page. And then you gave it to Rumpel and stayed there? No. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't take a picture of the forgery. She did take a picture of the forgery. No, she took a picture of the real page, which is why he saw the magic, magic in the through. photo. Because mm. um, he probably still would have known it was a forgery. Yeah. But I guess his argument was you should have known it was a forgery because you've spent enough time with the book. Yeah. Um, and she should have known. It's obviously, she was lying. I mean. Yeah. And then instead of poofing away, she just lets them knock her out. Well, at that point, it's way too late. Way too late. Also, you're not going to poof anywhere. Grumpo ain't going to find you. That's true. Yeah. Which, okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, we knew Regina's reckoning was coming here. She was going to get punished. I'm very curious to see what Rumpel said that he's going to make her do her bidding. I'm assuming this is alluding towards Robin Hood. That's the only yeah. thing I can think. I also was very curious about that as a question I have about... Either that or it's Henry. He's going to do something really bad to Henry and said, like, well, because we know that's her happy ending at this point. It's either Robin or Henry. It's one of the two. Yeah, and I, I buy the Henry piece a little less only because Henry, he doesn't currently have Henry. Henry's yeah. here, and Henry, there's a lot of other people that can help protect Henry. True. And also, I'm not saying that Rumpel couldn't get through them, but I think that... I, I am unclear on who this Rumpel is, though I suspect even he thinks hurting his son's son is a line too far to cross. Yeah, like, I think he'd be willing to, like, you know, knock Henry out and take his book, but sure. he's not gonna... I don't, I don't think that he no. would, like, hurt Henry physically. I think he would hurt Robin. Yes, I do think and that. I think he crushes... I mean, he doesn't even like Robin, to be quite honest. Yeah. They have beef, and I think he would even be so far as to hurt Roland. I just think Henry might be a line... Now, I don't know. As I said before, he might still... I don't think he's willing to hurt Belle, so well, I don't think he's willing to hurt... He does... He does like little boys. We know this. <laughs> Roger's giving me a death stare now. All right. Where where now? Where where to now? You broke my train of I'm thought sorry. completely. I'm sorry I broke it. Um, I broke it. So I glad Henry has a story again. Henry gets signaled by the page when he's hiding in the mansion first off let's talk about his olympic run <laughs> everyone gets put under except for people who've been under a sleeping curse which is the charmings and henry henry knows immediately what's going on and aurora she's probably just oh, like, oh, what the fuck? Sleep. Is that it, those four i think so though did i guess he didn't put bell under a sleeping curse he just put her to sleep last time when the whole yeah. like happened um yeah so just those four so aurora's like oh fuck, not this again <laughs> 
Um, and he takes that book and sprints to the... So, remember, I think I said this before. How do you get to the mansion and back so quickly? I think it's not as far away as we think it is. But then why did she have to drive so far? I... That's a good question. Well, she also was far. Because she had been driving around town. Oh. But no, she went from Gold Shop to there. You're right. She did do that. And she had to take this long wine. There's no real logical map. Other than that map that Hook finds. Okay. Anyway. So he dips out over there. He's hiding under the desk like he's Belle. Let's point that out too, by the way. Your big plan was to hide under the desk in the mansion of the room that no one else knew about? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is a secret room, but... I mean, and he also did call Snow and Charming to meet him. Oh, he did call. Okay, so he called yeah, Snow. he called Snow. I like that the author signaled. So that was kind of cool, seeing the light yeah. and like, hey, it's in there. I don't know how he knew it was in there. But I yeah. don't either, because this house is like a fictional house that belongs to the sorcerer who doesn't live here. Like, I don't, I don't know how he knew where the key was. Maybe the, maybe it's like drawn to the key, kind of like a magnet. Or maybe he wrote that the key was there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't the author. Maybe it was like the magic of the page being drawn to the magic of the but key. But it looked like someone's signaling. It did. Uh, it I really did. thought that was the author basically saying, hey, look here, look here, look here, look here. It did look like that. You're right. Um, And I like it. I like it when Henry is involved in the story. Like, I think the stories usually are better because he, he's like, he has this like childlike wonder. He's like, I'm not going to necessarily think of the consequences because I'm 11 or 12. I just want to get my mom's happy ending. So if this means finding this key and opening it, let's do this. And then who shows up? For, it's the Queens of Darkness and Regina who show up first, yes. right? That scene, I liked the tension of that scene. Yes. Tension was really good. Uh, did, did Cruella threaten Henry? Yeah. She definitely threatened Henry. Cruella, I get it. Like, you're an amazing villain. I love you. But are you out your damn mind? You lose this battle 100% of the time. Well, and also, like, uh, similarly, I'm, I'm actually not sure if Maleficent would hurt Henry. Like, I, I think that she would take it, but yeah. I, I don't think that, I, I don't think it would be necessary to hurt Henry, actually. Like, I think they could put him to sleep or whatever. I think the point, though, is that, like, Regina doesn't even want them touching her. So. Well, yeah, because I think I think Maleficent would just do what she needed to do to take the page, which yeah. would not be a lot. I th think Cruella would would just, Cru for fun, do yes. something mean. Yes, 100%. 100%. Cruella would torture him just yeah. for kicks, because Cruella's fucking cruel. And then Regina comes up with a solid-ish plan on the spot to do the forgery, and no one considers that like she like I don't know when Henry picked up on it, if it was the middle name or but like that's the point where he's like, Alright, fine, I'll give you the page and they go with the forgery and they just leave. I actually really wish at some point earlier in the episode, Regina mentions that the savior was like involved in this. Mm -hmm. Which like obviously, but she like specifically mentions the savior. And Henry would not know how to create a forgery of his page. So if she had like kept the line just in Henry, I think she might have been able to sell Yeah the forgery a bit longer um i don't know also it's i think the problem that she runs into is that gold is like why didn't you even consider that your son the most devious and crafty boy in town would be protective of his book and regina tries to play dumb and we're like you're not that dumb yeah. as emma says to neil but it's your kid her trying to communicate to henry with her eyes reminded me of like when you play taboo and you're like 
Just think about it. Just you know the word. Think about you it. You know it. <laughs> um, okay. So where does the rumple and sleeping bell conversation fit? I would put that as part of Gold McQueen's. Okay. Because that was Gold taking care of his own business on the side. Um, ending the whole, like, Operation Mongoose, though, I think August's reveal when he wakes up is one of the more cool things we find so out. So cool. It answers one of my questions about... It actually answered it in both directions. Because I had said, is the author and the book essentially recording or creating? And the answer is both. both. It is supposed, supposed to record. Supposed to record, but has the power to create and was creating, which is like, oh shit. And the author is not a person, it is a job. Uh -huh. So it's passed from person to person to person to person, even to a man named Walt. Walt. Great reference to Walt Disney. Love that. And then the fact that the author was punished. So this was not just like an accident or like there was a consequence for he did something wrong and got sent in there. Yeah. So we now know the author may be a shady and they're like, well, still worth the risk. Well, there, it, that, it, there were a lot more references in that scene than just Walt Disney. Yeah, you know? I know. But like, like that was Shakespeare. Yeah. Like it, uh, it was cool. Yeah. No, there was a lot of references. Playwrights throughout the years, I'm assuming. Men on caves, like talking about hieroglyphics. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there was some real. That, that was like one of the more Once Upon a Time moments in Once Upon a Time. Like that was like, oh, all right, this is a fairy tale show. Yeah. And it fits. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and then the author pops out. Yeah, that the that was just funny to me. The way that like he just does the like, I'm knocking over the curtain and I'm running. Well, he actually kind of like taunts Snow and Charming really? first. He does with that whiskey bottle or the flask. Yeah. And then knocks over the curtain. Why do they remember him? I mean, I guess they remember they know a lot of people, but Yeah. I mean, would you remember a peddler that you ran into one time? Right before the greatest regret of my life? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, Maybe. Like, truth be told, you know, we all talk about, like, I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing, what I was wearing, both times the Rams won the Super Bowl. Couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. But I can remember certain days. I feel like that day, you're going to remember a lot of details, because theoretically, you think about that a lot, especially when you go to sleep. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he, and he outruns Emma quickly. I know, she, the curtain, because, like, August and Charming... Well, August obviously is sick. Charming and Snow were, like, behind the curtain. Yeah, they weren't going to catch her. But Emma, it just kind of, like, fell on her back a little. Like, she just had to get up and run. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he, he just disappeared. Like. Emma's she, fast. She's fast. And I think she might be taller than him. Oh, she's definitely taller. So sure. her legs are long. <laughs> well, and she chased down Mulan with a head start. It's true. I don't know. He gets away. But he gets away. Um, yeah, so as far as that, love that. Thought that was a great reveal by August. Really enjoyed, like, oh, okay, so there's an author, and he's here. Like, now the race is on. Golden the Queens. You want to start with the bell conversation? You... Yeah, well, so I think the thing that I'm struggling with is I think that we have now talked about all of the Queens and Rumple things in the other parts, except for the Bell and Rumple scene. Um, kind of. We <laughs> talked about the Bell and the Rumple scene. We didn't talk about the Rumple Maleficent scene, which is a huge part of this. Yes, Emma that's thing. true. You're right. Okay. Um, and we also didn't talk about Gold and Maleficent with the deal. Like, there's a lot to do with Maleficent and Gold as far as, like, changing the deal, mm -hmm. what she wants. She actually kind of <laughs> makes the point that, like, yeah, you didn't really give a shit that Ursula left because I'm the one who matters here, which is kind of what you've been alluding yeah. to. Like, the other two aren't necessary for this. Without they were me, just necessary to get me. You needed them to get to me. Now I'm here, you don't need them. And that means if you don't give me what I want, you don't get what you want. Yeah. 
Which I like because you very rarely see people buck up to gold like that. Yeah. Right? There, she's just like, you can't do anything worse to me that's already been done. So give me what I want or fuck off. Well, and especially, I, like, we've maybe seen people present that once. But he says no. Yep. And she pushes again. Well, she doesn't even accept it. But he knows that. she's right. Yeah. Like, uh, Ingrid tries it and he's just like, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. Zelina does it and he's like, once I get my dagger, you die. Here, she's like, no, I'm fundamentally right, and you know it. Yeah. So give me what I want, or you will not get what you want. Um, I think the conversation kind of in the vault, the emotion that both of them have on their face, where Rumpel is saying, you may not want to pull on this thread. Because mm. it reminds me very much of, like, um, remember that scene where Rumpel and Bella are in the past, and he's having, like, a little remembrance for, I think it was his birthday, for yeah. his birthday, and she thinks it's because he died, and he's like, no, he just lost, but, like, there was a deep sadness, and, and yeah. like, now Rumpel's basically remembering that his son is dead. And he's like, are you sure you want to find out? Because that pain isn't going to go away. Like, if she died, you're not going to live with the fact that she died. And that's going to suck. Um, but right for so much, like, I just, I need to know. Like, I need to know what happened. Which I'm not sure, is it is it a sign of relief? that? She, I mean, I guess it's a sign of relief that your kid's not dead. That's a stupid question. But, like, she's lived an entire life and doesn't know who you are. Yeah, I mean, I think... Like the pain shifts. I, I think she kind of had like all there is is pain. Yep. And also this curiosity. Like I need to know. Satiate the curiosity. Yeah. Because the pain isn't going to go away. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was he. I want to give you a last chance to preserve what you have, which is like a memory or just the pain. Like yep. the pain will go away. Like it won't go away, but the pain will fade. But if you add something, if you add fuel to the fire. It will get worse. Though, what's interesting is that, like, I'm surprised Gold Answer isn't, why are you looking for what is when we should be looking for what could be? Let's just change it. Yeah. We, you don't have to lose her. That's what we're trying to do. Although, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's what we're saying about the author, that he has the power to do that. And we know factually now he can create things as opposed to create record that. them. Because yeah. I'm not sure if he can go back, but I guess he could just create a new... If you can create the story, yeah. you can change the backstory, theoretically. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really good. I, I, and I also like that Maleficent uses the Dolph, Darth Vader line. I am altering the deal. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I'm changing yeah. this deal. And Gold pushes it for a second and goes, like, fine. Like, he he's knows like, well, yeah. he's over a barrel and he needs her desperately. So she just controls the situation. So I'm like, so, like. I didn't like it when Ingrid looked that powerful because it was like, this came out of nowhere. I didn't like it when Zelina was like, this This feels logical. Like, yeah. I see it because he needs her. He well, needs his happy ending. And I think that in They're a equal. fight, he could beat her. Sure. But it would be hard. And if she was on their side, there's no way that he could beat all that of them. That would be a problem. But I think more importantly, they need, they need each other. Yeah. Which is like for him to get all... Because even if he kills her, he's still miserable. Yep. And he's immortal and miserable. So he he needs her almost as much as she needs him, if not the same degree. Um, so I thought that was really good. I actually thought the twist, it was a smart twist because otherwise Lily was a waste of time to introduce. Yeah. Um, yeah, once you see the dad, you're like, oh, fuck, that's Lily's dad. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lilith, what a dark-ass name, by the way. What is this, Fraser's wife? My grandmother's name was Lilith. <laughs> I met your grandmother. My other, people can have more than one. <laughs> Oh my god. I did that intentionally, you know that, right? Sure you did. I did. <laughs> Actually, in my mind, I literally was like, that's not her name. And then I, as I said, I was like, her other grandmother's who she's talking about. Okay. I'm now charming. Congratulations, me. Yeah. Um, 
So I thought that was a great job. Like, really good work between those two. Love Maleficent, love Rumple. Great scene. I thought there was an interesting, like, little thread they added on with Golden Bell. Me too. There was some, like, there's something there that we had we didn't know before. Nope. Um, it does explain his desperation. Now. Yeah. My magic comes at a cost, as you know, and I have racked up so much debt, I can never be clear of it unless I find a way to change the rules. But now here's the hard truth. Something else is changing. So if I'm going to change the rules, I'm going to have to do so quickly. I will come back for you if I can. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm, I mean, <laughs> all I thought he's dying. Like, yeah, I mean, that sounds, it sounds like he's dying. It also explains why he was so desperate in for a to get, like, I got to get rid of uh -huh. this fucking dagger. It's killing me. Now it sounds like the power is killing him, but I wonder, is it the cost of being tethered to the dagger? Is it the darkness that Hook was talking about? Is it just the, because you've talked about, um, we've talked about hearts, you know, how they darken over time. Have you done so many bad things that your heart is just darkening? Like, we yeah. I don't know, but we know something. He is like at a point where he's like, it's over. Like I'm, I'm staring at the end. I'm at the end of my rope. Well, and interesting, like when you back out to what's happening in the rest of the episode, he's doing exactly what Snow and Charming are afraid of. Mm -hmm. Like he's doing more dark things mm -hmm. to erase the debt of the darkness that he's accumulated. Maybe. But that makes sense, though, because he's so far in. Yes. He's pop committed. Yeah. He has to, because you can't just ask for forgiveness now. But he also might, in in his efforts to get there, he might cause the thing that he's trying to prevent. Sure. You might kill yourself in the way of trying to stop an incurable disease, but at some point you just got to take the shot. Him trying to change the odds makes sense because he's a desperate soul with no other yes. options. Like. He doesn't have the chance of trying to find another way. Like, you take your shot. Um, but I really like that. I thought that was really good. And it's funny in that he says, I will come back for you if I can. It is not. I know exactly how he feels. We still don't know how Belle feels about him entirely. Because uh -huh. we know she's mad at him. We know, you know, and like Will is fun. But she doesn't seem to imply that she's over Rumpel. No, even though I, I mean, she's literally said that she's not. I just want them to be. <laughs> love of God. Like, this feels like the friend you're like, no. No, like if I could go in this town, I would just slap him and be like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Now, if he can get the author to rewrite the story and get Lacey back, everyone's happy. Oh my gosh. Anything else before we move to your favorite moment? What do you think about this episode as a whole as far as like this? I don't know if it's top 10, but it might be top 15. Like, it's right on that border of, like, really good. We just learned a lot of good things. The number of questions that I have coming out of this episode, the number of reveals that occur in this yes. episode, and the number of questions I still yes. have, this makes this an excellent episode. It was a, it was both answering the mystery and then providing another mystery at the same time that made this such a fascinating episode. Yeah. Um, also, it's been a while, but um, the author is a Lost alum as well. I actually know him from both Castle and Grimm. Oh, he's in Grimm. Yeah, he is. He's in an uh, episode of Grimm. Okay. He's in an episode of Grimm, and he's in an episode of Castle, where Castle and Beckett are trapped. They're trying to, like, hide from a hitman or something like that. Okay. And it turns out that he ends up, is the he's the hitman that they're trying to hide from. <laughs> Love that. That's always fun. Quite funny. Um. Yeah, he was great. Uh, favorite moments, I'm assuming? Yes. I have two. I also have two. Ooh, what are your two? 
um when cruella and and maleficent are waiting for regina and cruella says i feel i've aged a decade waiting for you and regina says well you certainly look it i just love it when these two like barb throwers like throw them at each other well and cruella physically kind of like starts touching the sea like she's like do i look old did i yeah. Yeah. No, those two are great when they're throwing bars at each other. You know what Cruella reminds me of, actually? Have you seen Death Becomes Her? Of course I've seen Death Becomes Her. Cruella is... Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. The Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis, and someone Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my grandma used to watch it. And Is- Isabella Rossellini is also in it. Let's pretend like I don't know who that is. Because I don't know who that is. So. Oh. Um, she's a famous Italian actress. She's really hot. I think she was a Bond girl. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I definitely... she's kind of old now, but like real hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, that movie because like that's the one where like at one point one of them gets shot and there's like a big hole in their stomach. Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I used to. Watch and then they're like movie. melting. Yeah, and like Bruce Willis ends up having it. He's like the one who can save them, and yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones is just when Snow White references the darkness in her heart. Like, I'm glad that we brought that mm. back up because I felt like that was an important piece that got dropped unnecessarily. And she rightfully is like, this started long before I killed the evil queen's mommy. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought that was really good, too. Um, my second one is August talking about the author as a job. It was just so cool. Yeah. Like, the way that, to think that they've sort of inserted the person that we know having created these stories into the story in a way that makes sense is incredibly cool. Well, and on top of that, it answered the question that both you and I had asked about, like, creator or recorder? And it's like, yeah. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also like that Rumpel revealed that time is coming out, running out, because I think that adds, it raises the stakes in a logical way for him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Now, this is, the only thing that makes it weird is that, like, now you're back on the verge of death again. Always. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, still think it was really, really well done. Most ridiculous. I just have one. I just have one as well. Um, When the portal opens and Snow and Charming don't do anything. And then the baby hand starts to come out of the egg, which, like, I I don't want to, like, make it sound like I think this is ridiculous. Like, obviously, the show is, like, entirely ridiculous. But it, like, looks really silly. And, like, when, it, when I was writing the synopsis, I was like, Jesus, fuck. And then when Snow yells, Charming, it's a baby! I was just like, oh, my God. Also, on top of that, when the two bubbling crying hours, and just like fall in and you're like did you guys just run over specifically to yell that and then fall in the portal slip on a banana yeah and fall uh, in the portal. like bumbling goo and the best part Krella over accent and i love it she's just like oh no just i'm just like and then ursula does the same thing i'm like good lord you two it's amazing and then just charming in snow just so like huh that sucked yeah we couldn't have done i don't know anything they didn't even move they just were like it's a baby. Why did it suck them in? It's a baby. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, my ridiculous moment. Oh, it's not that somehow? It's more conceptual. Okay. <laughs> Based on a vision that one of them had by touching unicorn, they came to the conclusion that the best course of action is to sacrifice another baby. It's not a baby, Roger. It, it, it's a monster. So both on like the... So he absorbed his son into his chest, kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? How you got to that conclusion is fascinating to me. Like, 
there's no like moral compass that made you go maybe this is wrong yep also you had a vision because you touched a unicorn that one of you had not even like if both of you had it you could be like oh shit but like he had a great vision she just picked up his baby and she was very sweet and it was fine oh also second like most ridiculous slash terrible moment the repetition of the i don't care from young emma and snow's vision and adult emma leaving oh. her parents i was like Ooh, little on the nose and poorly delivered Ugh. on both directions yeah <laughs> yeah they young emma trying to do the dark thing did not hit well for me not at all. also like let's just for a second think about charming's vision here he found a cute baby yeah. and was like, our daughter is fine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's a baby. Yeah. Most most babies aren't serial killers, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> if I'm going to touch a magical unicorn and it chose to show me this vision, it's telling me that everything's going to be okay. It's probably telling me that, hey, this is That's what fair. you get. That's fair. And it's on you after this. You know, the logic of touching a magical unicorn. Which I've done, obviously, oh, many, obviously times. many times. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Loser. I have three? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I could make an argument that everyone but like one. Oh yeah, I actually had a pretty hard time because I was like, wow, like everyone loses. I, all everyone is losing. I narrowed it down to three because I thought there were three mega losers in this one. Okay, and everyone else is like a side loser. Maleficent being one. Oh, that's very obvious. Lost her baby. That's a very obvious one. I think because I already knew that that happened. But the. But watching, no, you're right. The pain on her face is so, like, kidnaps the baby. And then is like, what are you doing? Like, she just, and she, like, how little respect Snow has for her, it's just fucked up. Nope, agreed. Hey, so you have a different. I wrote it down. All right. Um, Snow and Charming. Uh, Yes, obviously. (laughs) For being awful, for continuing to lie about it. Just awful. You ever played the game Fable? No. So there's, like, a good and darkness scale. Okay. And you can be all the way at the good scale. But if you take your wife to this one specific thing and sacrifice her to the satanic cult, you go from all the way good to all the way evil. It's the only way you can jump, like, full bar. Stannis Baratheon, Burning Shireen. <laughs> That's what it felt like this episode took the Charmings to. Like, we went from paragons of virtue to what the fuck is wrong with you people? No, I think that's, that's right. Um, the last one I have is the author. He does get out of the book, hmm. but he's been trapped in that book for a real long time. I didn't see his this episode as a loss for him. Yeah, he got trapped, but he didn't seem bothered by it. But he's, he's got his back to the Sorcerer's Apprentice. He's like, eh, actually, all right, I'm going to reverse that. The Apprentice, he had to do something really, really bad. I would argue that the Apprentice was a little yeah. bit more so than okay. he, he had to do a terrible thing. Let me rewrite many things, so that doesn't usually happen. Uh, did you have someone else then? No, that's it. Okay, so you have the Charmings. You initially did not have Maleficent, but you had the author who was changed to The Apprentice. Correct. And now I also added Maleficent, because you're totally right. Yeah, that was a terrible... I have two winners. I have one, and I had a really hard time choosing a winner in this episode. And your winner is? Henry. I didn't think about him. He... Nope, you're right. <laughs> he he ran a fucking marathon. He did. <laughs> he understood secret message from Regina to provide fake page. Yep. Uh, he found the key, which I, I think... I wonder if anyone but Henry would have been able to find that key. Unclear. Um, he is the hardest to truest believe. He, he does. And he has a very special connection to that book. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that he, like, he's been, he, like, 
despite the fact that it didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to exactly, or maybe not, I don't know. What does the author running away really mean? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he solved Operation Mongoose. Yeah, I mean, he got the job done. Yeah. Much like we said in season one, where he was trying to break his mother's curse, he has now found the tool that can theoretically make his mom happy, which is his goal. Yeah. So that's a fair win. Uh, okay. Who did you choose? Uh, Regina. Yes. What happens to her at the end is very bad. Like, gets kidnapped. Um, but the most important thing, I think, is what I said earlier. The Charmies get their happy ending. And they're fundamentally not good people. So, like, before I had been looking at this as Regina and Rumple, But if you look at this as Regina and the Charmings, if they can be redeemed and get their happy ending, I don't think Regina's done anything as bad as what they did. And that means there's got to be a chance. Like, at the very least, the door is not slammed shut that she cannot get a happy ending. And quite frankly, she does a pretty damn good job of protecting Henry. Regina has surely killed someone's baby before. Maybe, but has she kidnapped their baby and dumped it through a forest? <laughs> Probably not. Before sucking out <laughs> all of the darkness out of one and dropping it into another. Fair. She's absolutely killed people's kids. No question about it. <laughs> She's also a villain. Yeah. Like, the heroes did that and claimed to still be heroes. That's true. And were rewarded with it with a happy ending. Yeah. Um, but the winner of this episode is the author. Oh, because he gets out. Not being trapped. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Not, not being trapped. He's revealed to be the person who basically wrote the whole story of the flashback. So it was all his machinations. He was powerful enough to... He, he wrote at least the Sorcerer's Apprentice to do that. We know yeah, that. I mean, it, it seems like mostly what he did was record. Mm, no, because he says, what it sounds like, he says it made for a better story, implying that he changed the events of the story. And that's what the Sorcerer's Apprentice is pissed off about. But I think... It's unclear to me if he's changed the, what happened. And he also manipulated the Charmings. Like, he yeah. verbally got oh, them to do it. Do so that. he is interfering with the story, whether it be via the pen or via his word. He's interfering and changing it to how he wants it, which is what he wants to do and not what anyone else wants the author to do. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I think he this is this is his win. He's free. I mean, just being free alone. Like, the, not, not being... Not dead. Not, not dead. dead is a good one, yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a lot of things that I'm looking forward to next week, actually. Almost everything I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, same. Biggest questions. What's Rumpel's debt? Yeah. And why does he have to move quickly? Like, is he dying? Like, what's happening? Yep. Well, uh, what's Maleficent going to do now? Because she says in that conversation with Charming, like, show me what happened, and then I can, like, get my revenge. You or... the conversation with Rumpel? Yeah. What was, did I you said Charming. Uh, what? Show me what happened, and then I can finally get my revenge on Stone and Charming. Yeah. But I'm actually not sure that that's what she's going to do. Like, because I think she she seems, she was so happy that her daughter was alive, that I think that finding her daughter, like, in a Rumpel-esque manner, is now going to be her main mission. You know one can have two missions in life. Yes, they can. They uh, can. Realistically speaking, if you're Maleficent, what the Charmies did was unforgivable. I'm not saying that she should forgive them. I'm just, I'm just not sure she's gonna like care. Like she's, I think she's gonna be like, I gotta go do that thing. I think she wants to find her daughter, and I think she wants payback. Mm. I think both are true. I think, and I'm cu very curious to see what she wants to do. Does that mean hurt them? Does that mean take baby Neil? Because the best revenge right now would be to take baby Neil and go deuces. That's fucked up to do to the kid. Yeah. But that's the answer right there. Um, yep, very curious about what that means. I'm surprisingly curious about Emma and the Charmings now. Yeah, it, how will Emma punish her parents is what I wrote. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'm also curious, I would love to get Henry's thoughts on what the Charmings did. Mm -hmm. Because we've always talked about, like, Henry looks at Charming as, like, the essence of a hero. Snow White was the person that gave him the faith to break the curse in the first place. And now he just got information that they did something terrible. But that isn't the first person who he's close to that's done something terrible. So he may have a more adult and healthy perspective on, like, yeah, Grandpa, my Grandma, what you did is fucked up. Maybe we should fix it. Well, and also, like, but my mom did fucked up shit, too. And so, like, he may take the perspective I took. was like, well, you guys did a bad thing and got a happy ending. That really makes it look good for my mom now because, like, that. so I'm very curious to see what Henry's perspective on this whole And that's a good point. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, heart of the truest believer and also heart with the greatest capacity for forgiveness? Definitely Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Where is the author going? He's running. Where is he running to? Where is he going? Who's gonna Who's gonna catch him? I want to see who wins the race. And why? Actually, a question, backup question. A couple episodes. Why does Emma need to be dark for the author to help Rumple? Like, what is that? It's probably because they said he doesn't have enough power in this land. It's probably they need her to go dark to generate the right type of power. Okay. Because right, if you need to do something like change the happy endings for the villains, that probably requires dark magic. The savior needs to be dark magic so he can utilize that type of magic to do what needs to be done. Okay. And especially now that Rumpel's time is running out, he must not have the necessary power by himself. Makes sense. All right. Um. So next time we're actually going to do a deep dive on Snow and Charming. We have not done a deep dive in quite some time. Um. But after that, we will turn to regularly scheduled programming where we watch season four episode 18 heart of gold the charming episode is going to be fun i mean this is the most shocking thing that we've learned about any character since we found out balefire was neil yeah and that was more or less just like a twist this is like whoa character jump so it's going to be very interesting to have a conversation about those two and yeah i'm the rest of the season is exciting like like so many questions i just want to know God, i wish neil was alive for this yeah. Well, please be sure to join us next time. Oh, or... one more question. Yes, sir. The hell is Robin? Yeah. You know that's got to be coming up here sooner rather than later. We only got four to five episodes. I think left. that's what Heart of Gold is about. Sure. But we know that that is still looming in the background. Yeah. And she had that. Oh, the other question. Regina's dream. Remember that evil queen thing? We haven't even touched on that. Yeah. yeah there's a lot to be discussed. Oh, and the episode after Heart of Gold is Sympathy for the DeVille. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Cruella <laughs> backstory. Let's go. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, join us to listen to our deep dive and then these awesome episodes that we're really excited about. See you next time. Can't wait.